Well, Bob, thank you for joining me uh, for a hands-free conversation, as I just said. Uh, Bob, please introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. Uh, I'm Bob Galhotra. Most uh, lawyers in Cook County know me uh, as Bob Galhotra. My name is Kumit Galhotra. I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney for 33 years in uh, in Illinois, uh, 30 years of which was as an assistant public defender in Cook County. Uh, I was a supervisor for the last uh, seven years of my career in the Homicide Task Force. Uh, and I teach at Chicago Kent College of Law as an adjunct professor. I teach trial advocacy and criminal procedure. So uh, lately, uh, I uh, have, uh, when I left the public defender's office after 30 years, I opened up a private practice. And now my practice deals with uh, obviously cases other than homicide, although I do handle homicide cases. And uh, I'm most interested these days in doing uh, uh defense and narcotics prosecutions, as well as, I couldn't believe it, cannabis prosecutions. Um, because uh, one of the uh, first cases I got in private practice was uh, a young man who was going back to college downstate Illinois and uh, got pulled over, not pulled over, but got, uh, they put some drugs, uh, drug dogs on his car when he stopped at a rest stop. And um uh, just on the basis of that drug smell, they uh, got a, they they popped his trunk and they searched his car, and they found about 120 grams of marijuana, and they wound up charging him with a class three felony, that carried two to five in prison, and it would be a felony conviction on your record, which you know when you're a student, if you're getting student loans, they'll disqualify you. So it was a pretty big deal for what I would think many recreational users would think is not a lot of marijuana. Um, right. Right. That's in my book. That's not a lot at all. Yeah. And uh, you know, this was a downstate prosecutor and they weren't backing off. And, you know, we presented several motions uh, saying that, Hey, you know, weed's legal. So what's the big deal if my car smells like weed and uh, the judge, uh, his opinion was his ruling was that, well, you know, that's enough for probable cause because if a dog can smell it, then obviously it's not in an odor-proof container. And the vehicle code requires vehicles, if they're transporting cannabis, to have them in an odor-proof container. So, you know, last year I worked with the uh, Illinois State Bar Association and uh, some members of the General Assembly to try to modified the law a little bit and uh, it basically choked in may and it didn't go through there are a couple of proposals and uh, the other proposal was hey if you're gonna have a guy with 110 grams of weed why are you charging with over 100 grams when 30 grams he should be allowed to carry legally so why won't you subtract that from 110 so there was also a proposal to modify the law so that if you're carrying a legal amount at least subtract that because in, in in my client's case, it made the difference between a class three felony that was not uh, expungible and a class four felony that was, which is ultimately what uh, the prosecutors came down to. So, you know, at this time in Illinois, there is a, uh, uh, a split among the districts as to whether or not the smell of marijuana still constitutes probable cause for a search of a vehicle. 
And uh, in the fourth district, which includes the uh, district that I was in, essentially downstate and along the Mississippi River, um, the judges don't play. And uh, in Will County, which is now the second district, which includes Lake County, uh, they uh, there are a couple of opinions stribbling among them saying the smell of marijuana, whether it's burnt or unburnt, is not probable cause in Illinois anymore without more. Right. And, um, you know, in Cook County, you got judges who will deny these motions. You have judges that will grant the motions. Uh, so they're real. And, and the case, of course, as the two cases from those two different districts have been combined and are before the Illinois Supreme Court and a decision is not out yet. So that's still an open question in Illinois in some districts uh, about whether or not the smell of weed is enough to search your car. Wow. And can I ask uh, really quick, just to, <laughs> I want to get back to the the topic of possession limits, which you brought up, but are you aware of any such thing as an odor proof container? No, I mean, my, my research has shown that it's basically impossible, especially if you have a dog that, you know, has a, has a nose that's probably 10,000 times more sensitive than a human nose, or at least, okay, a thousand times more sensitive, you know, well, so what, what to you and I is odor proof is not odor proof to a dog, not to mention, you know, just uh, transfer smells on objects that they can pick up. Right. That's another really good point is transfer smell. You don't even have to have it on you, but the smell alone. The reason I ask that is because there's a reason we use canines at the border, right? You know, the car for just to throw out an easy example, the cartel hasn't figured out odor proof devices. They've been trying, mixing it with coffee, mixing it with this, that. And it's like, so how how is a citizen supposed to come up with this odor proof uh Absolutely. And, and right. you know, so that was one of the proposals. There were a couple of Senate bills pending, which in their own way removed the odor proof language. But, you mm -hmm. know, at the end, uh, they were not able to pass any of those bills. They may come up in the fall veto session, but that's still a ways away. And can I make a quick point? I've spoken to an attorney about this. The, the big issue with odor is that it not only is used as probable cause, which arguably violates uh you know your fourth and fifth amendment rights but it is a crime it, it's literally a crime like you can get a citation if an officer claims they smell cannabis and it's a class c misdemeanor i think or class a class a misdemeanor i don't know it's on illinois website though well I, that... I i'm not familiar if there's a state law on it but you know the the cannabis control act does prohibit consumption in certain areas and uh, you know it talks about public areas you know you're not really allowed to walk around smoking weed in illinois that's really not sanctioned under right. the law right um and and it, you know it's, all... it, it really ultimately comes down to the local the local uh, law enforcement and to what extent this is a priority for them. And obviously in sleepy towns, it's a priority because it brings in money for those towns and it brings in a source of, you know, I mean, don't forget, you might get busted for weed and beat your case, but then they may have a forfeiture action on your car, right. you know? So there's all sorts. And then the forfeiture money goes to believe it or not, the state police. Wow. Right. So, I mean, these are the dudes that are pulling people over on the highway, you know, for various and sundry reasons and, and having dogs search cars, you know, and, and, and 
frequently they'll they'll hit the jackpot especially if you've got cars with uh you know uh license plates from neighboring states where cannabis is not legal you know ohio and also the way an attorney laid it out for me is like if somebody if a cop asks you in this state do you have cannabis on you most people what may say yes because they figure it's if it's legal but then the cop says well i thought i smelled something that's an issue you know what i mean and it's just like um but to, but to right because the vehicle code requires it to be in an odor-proof container so right that's and a class a misdemeanor i was just about to say i i was reading on the state of illinois website here uh it is a class a misdemeanor they say oh i'm just yep class a misdemeanor to transport cannabis in any other type of container which of course uh, we're not aware of an odor-proof container so i guess it's just a class a misdemeanor yeah, yeah, to transport yeah, you cannabis. Know, my my claim is, hey, law enforcement, have you ever walked into a dispensary? I mean, they're not bagging stuff up there. It's all packaged, and it reeks of weed, dude. You know, so I mean, how is it odor proof? Right. That, in other words, to to cap off your point, that means the moment you leave the dispensary, you're out of compliance with the law. Well, hold on a second. I just purchased this legally. How is right. that possible? So, thank you for for talking on that. To to wrap up, because I know you said you're short on time. Why are there still penalties for possession of cannabis? I'm not aware of the same thing for any other substance that is quote unquote legal in our society. Yeah, well, that's because there's a huge incentive for local for the state government to get tax revenue. And if uh, possession of marijuana were completely um, you know sanctioned and and not made illegal for, amounts over 30 grams, then you just have a bunch of people selling wheat. You'd have much a larger black market, in my opinion. So this is their way to sort of control their golden egg now that they've created in order to get tax money. And what do you think about the I think you're absolutely dead on target. I've heard other people guess that as well. Uh, to, to your point, what do you think about the fact that some of these cannabis companies that are licensed in the state of Illinois have arguably towed the line. Uh, in other words, they've taken the same approach. I've even seen in the last year, they launched a buy legal campaign. So in other words, it seems like they are almost arguing against further decriminalization of cannabis and in some ways even arguing for the criminalization of cannabis. What do you, is it well, similar? You know, look, it, it, is it, it similar, I mean, like you said, to protecting profits? Like you said, the state wants to protect their taxes. Maybe these absolutely. companies want to protect profits. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is a these are money making industries. And I mean, I don't I don't want to, you know, play the violin for, you know, Cresco or any large company that, you know, uh, that's that's in that kind of business. But there's a reason why Illinois has among maybe the highest priced cannabis recreationally in the country. And it's not just the taxes. I mean, there's a pretty large profit margin, too. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do, can you just to to end our conversation? What do you mean? Not just the taxes. Are you saying like Meaning there's have... still a healthy profit motive for for cannabis uh, growers uh, to to charge a good price and to encourage only consumption of their own um, their own product in their own stores and not, of course, through the black market. But if possession of marijuana were completely legal and uh, your neighbor, you know, could have three, four pounds at his house, why wouldn't you go over and buy it from from your neighbor than going to Cresco? 
True. True. Well, and I'm just so, just that just your personal. So that's opinion. why they don't. That's why that's why they still maintain these penalties for more than thirty grams if you're over twenty one and a resident of Illinois. I mean, you know, it, it, it's all about maintaining their profits and maintaining their source of revenue from taxes. Yeah. And I'm just asking your personal opinion as someone who's had to defend against the continued criminalization of cannabis. Do you think that some of those companies should kind of be at the first front of the line? Like, in other words, it's kind of hypocritical to sell weed, but then like try to not let other people sell weed or jail people for selling weed. You yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a it's a uh interesting ethical question for them, but um far be for me to resolve that ethical question. Uh yeah. I mean, this is America, it's a capitalist society, and uh you know, of course we've got uh, to some extent a new generation that really questions some of that too. You know, like we're talking about, you know, the whole idea of equity, you know, on so many different levels. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've got, you know, we've got our our new generations are really questioning whether or not this whole capitalist mentality is good for all. Yeah. Well, Bob, you asked me for 10 minutes. I'm afraid I pushed it far past that. Uh, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Any last thoughts before we part um, on, on these topics we've discussed? No, I mean, I'm really excited about this thing coming up at Cresco. So if you guys can come out, that would be great. August 17th. And, um, I'll be happy to share everything I know about about this area and uh, give you guys a few tips out there also on how to stay in compliance. Yep, folks, it's very important you know your rights. So August 17th, the Cannabis Consumer Council is presenting uh, Possessing and Transporting Cannabis Legally in Illinois, and it is presented by yours truly, um, Bob, who joined us today. Again, it's on August 17th. We'll have a link so that you can purchase your tickets. It's a really fair price and it's a really good thing to know. So folks, I encourage you to attend this event. Bob, thank you again. My pleasure. Thanks. See you guys soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.